0: Shared services are the consolidation of business operations that are used by numerous parts. Mm-hmm of the same organization or different business units that are part of a conglomerate. In some instances, these shared services capabilities have been honed to the point where they are spun off as independent business units are selling their capabilities to other companies outside of the group. And then just how lucrative is the market and how is it faring? Coherent Market Insights forecasts that global shared services market will reach 98.17 billion in 2027. Now, to know more about the opportunities, <laughs> challenges, and what lies ahead for shared services, we are joined by Mr. Elmer Sarmiento, Director of Finance and Accounting Operations at Personid. Elmer, welcome to Podchats for Future CFO.
1: Good morning, and thank you, Alan, for having me here. Okay.
0: Now, to start it off, what is the business of Personid?
1: Persona has been, I guess, in the industry for the past 35 uh, years plus. It's uh, based in Texas and they started up off offering creative design services. One of the first customers of uh, Persona was a company providing the printouts of actual uh, yellow pages, the physical yellow pages that no, it's a rarity if you see one today, but back then it was a huge business for Persona we, we designed the actual layout and basically all of from the cover page from the internal ads in there, up to the point of, print. well, we don't specifically print it, but we work with all of their partners ensuring that these get printed and sent out to the distribution channels. And it it kind of grew along on the lines of um, providing website development, search engine optimization, all lines of creative things Changed, changed up a bit in 2017 it was then they considered why can't we offer back offices why can't we offer small-scale <coughs> accounting services so officially my division started in 2017 as they offered data entry and accounts payable services to one investment banking group in the u.s and another one for um, retail pharmaceutical group it was just about three people had manning that uh, particular division
0: How has the pandemic influenced or impacted the finance function in general?
1: Interestingly, when I joined Prostanib in April of 2020, at the height of, uh, well, at least at the onset of the global pandemic and the global lockdowns, we were kind of... Pragmatic and how it's going to, are we going to forecast the business? But one thing that turned out well for us, simply because of the lack of uh, employable talents and the global restrictions, at least on, ma- on our market, which is basically the US, we kind of accelerated the growth. We joined personality about forty FTEs to end of twenty twenty one, we were now at uh, eighty plus billable FTEs. That was something we did not really expect, but I guess there were conditions that allowed it to flourish because of the lack of talent. But uh, having said that, the pandemic was been a boom to a... And it still continues to do so even after the easing down of restrictions.
0: Now, you built a career around shared service. In your opinion, what is driving the demand for shared services, particularly in the finance function, the back office operations?
1: One of the value that I've seen in uh, setting up either shared services or like a managed outsource services is the uh, efficiency of centralization. I mean, you get better efficiency in your desired outputs if every single process is kind of designed in a production setup. You have a team covering all of the accounts payable, accounts receivable, the records to report. You have this essential backup that which you don't have if each and every of your subsidiary companies are running their own independent finance. And you deal away with the nuances of consolidation of report. And for large companies, even for PLCs, timing is the essence. You cannot afford delays in publishing reports. And th- normally, those were the observed conditions when you have to deal with multiple subsidiaries, with multiple independent or autonomous finance. You centralize everything into one hub. You get to de- deal with one set of people. You get to deal with one set of SLAs across all of your company divisions. You streamline everything because it's centralized, either a shared service setup or an outsource provider. You kind of simplify things how an account Thing and how it should be, where you don't have to deal with the day-to-day nuances of accounting. You will leave
0: it to the experts. Let me ask you this. Which finance functions are best suited to outsource to a shared service type of operation? And by inference, and which ones would also uh, best be suited to stay in-house? Mm-hmm.
1: My observation, at least based on the clients that I've spoke with uh, over the past, the most plug-and-play process would be accounts payable because this, the rules are pretty much standard. It doesn't matter what industry you are in, but the, basically the tax, the tax process, the, the basic matching of PO, invoices, and uh, goods received, they're all the same. It just a matter how you get acquainted with the industry and the, the company rules, but you can normally plug-and-play accounts payable within a week. Just, some, sometimes some just a day or two. You don't need a long onboarding process per AP. Similarly, Similarly with uh, account receivables, which entails uh, processing of billing, cash applications, even generation and running of dining letters and monitoring of um, AR balances with customers. These two are the most easy. Yes, or, I would call plug and play services for uh, for an outsourced accounting service. A, a, a bit more uh, nuanced, though, would be general accounting. Because in general accounting, you might follow standard IFRS or US GAAP, but the way transactions are being treated or recognized in a company, there would be certain differences. Sometimes it's how you also understand the industry itself that they're working with. I mean, booking revenue for an airline industry versus pharmaceutical versus services, there would be separate rules on that one. So it requires a much more longer handover period in order to get the person acquainted. However, when you ask about what type of process in finance would be much more logical to be kept with onshore or with the, kept within the company, treasury would be one thing, and as well as uh, FP&A to some degree. While we have a lot of highly competent FP&A or financial planning and analyst people out there, some information you want to keep it uh, within the company, especially if some information would uh, expose them a bit in terms of um, company, company trade secrets and so on, which you would always encounter if you doing at the level of going over the company's finances. Those are things that it depends on the um, the appetite of the company, how much data you're willing to entrust to service providers. Of course, there are NDAs, but some companies would tend to keep it among themselves. So the treasury and, and MPA um, would something they would want, for the most part, to keep to themselves. Or come up with a split. How much of it can be outsourced and what should be kept within their own uh, third?
0: If a CFO were to decide that we're going to outsource uh, to a a shared services entity, what considerations should uh, the CFO keep in mind?
1: I guess one of the experiences that maybe I like, I like to tell a bit, a bit of a story on this one. Sometimes when a sourcing service doesn't really go well on the onset is because we fail to kind of hi- manage the expectations and to highlight the actual expectations. They need to keep in mind that uh, service providers are pretty much detached from the day to day affairs of the business, especially when we're ha- having this remote setup. We're like literally thousand miles away from the business. If certain clients are, be- are first time adapters to outsourcing, it, we try to onboard them, the management themselves, uh, for a while because we need to get them acclimated on the ways of working on our side of the business because sometimes they have this expectation that when they would outsource to us that they're hiring a people and that's not the case. CEOs must keep in mind that what we're offering, whether it's a shared service setup or an outsourcing provider, we offer services or solutions, not the people themselves. One funny thing that I noticed was um, there was this U.S. client in a small medium enterprise. They kind of expected that once they outsource to it's kind of like them hiring a salary people in the U.S., which they can have them work themselves more than 40 hours a week and then they won't complain. I mean, I have to explain to them that the labor regulations differs in every region, most especially here in the Philippines, and that, that could work so what we what does he only understands we offer service and we need to kind of set up the success measures for that to work and you guys are not hiring people these are not people who are gonna basically do whatever your incumbent resources in your territory would do they would be specific on the project because that's where they're good at. It. And that's where you need actual help on. So the, the expectation has to be clear for both sides. It would be leading to much more uh, pain points in the future. There are a lot of other things uh, for the CFO to consider, but this is the
0: most critical piece. Okay. So let's say, okay, uh, the CFO acknowledges, knows, understands what uh, is required uh, to undertake the shared services operations, and they go ahead. Does that mean, though, that onshore or internal uh, finance team You don't need it (laughs) or or uh, to what extent can I streamline my own internal finance function so that I could avail of the benefits of an organization such as Persona and at the same time keep my requirements operating well and while reducing my costs, operating costs
1: one of the things that kind of scares uh, finance people up especially the incumbents is they think once a service provider comes in is that we're totally replacing them and that, and often that's not even the case when you mention about streamlining I think the first thing that a CFO would consider before you would go to a service provider I, I myself before I would outsource there are ways for me to streamline my own process I might not even need an outsource provider it begins first with having a very clean and updated work instruction level to ensure that everyone understands their role in the organization and for the CFO when I look at it, I would know who's doing duplicate work where there are redundancies and, and uh, a lot of inefficiencies. And I would also recommend for those adapting with church services, we need to do this exercise first. This throwing away jobs that are not streamlined is basically garbage and garbage out. If you're getting garbage from your current team, you're going to expect garbage as well from the service provider because we haven't done the proper housekeeping for the for processes. Th- that way, there would be, of course, opportunities for collaboration. We don't have to eliminate the incumbent right now. Actually, we've seen a lot more success is about working well with the client's financing. Essentially, us getting more of the uh, the workload that they don't need to deal with. They can focus on more client specific um, requirements or more high, higher value role and we can deal with some of the nuances like uh, the transactional pieces so that way we can cover this and they do what, what they would do best for the company. Or in some cases, I had a few clients, can you give us a, someone on control level? Because we are having difficulty hiring a CFO. That happened in one specific one client uh, recently because of the the uh, job talent, they couldn't get one. We can also do that. But again, it begins with understanding the, the processes and how we can fit in. And the CFO should have that mindset. I, I may, not, may or may not need an access provider, but I need to streamline my process for, for me not to be
0: blindsided. Among the many technologies available to finance, uh, old and new, including those that are in the cloud, what do you think will be the biggest value to the finance function in the performance of its <laughs> duties and responsibilities?
1: Digital acceleration is something we cannot avoid and we should really start doing so in case we haven't, we haven't done it. I mean, for the local market, we're a bit of a laggard from my observation. I also led a domestic outsource provider a few years ago before um, joining Personic. And one of the things we observed is all, everything is still on paper. I mean, the rest of the region, a pulling embark on digitalization. But here in the Philippines, we still have a lot catching up to do, especially with the pandemic being proof of concept where we can't even work physically. It gives the best argument for companies to start embarking on digitalization. Data. It's not just about streamlining it's also protecting the data themselves. Everything is encrypted. Also, one thing that we need to consider is automation. Automation though is not a, is not a silver bullet to a company's um, internal problems. One thing that I've learned as well since I've deployed RPA before in my previous company, if a company wants to consider automation, we have to first ensure that our business volumes are scalable. Otherwise, if not, it, would, it won't be worth it. There's a certain level of business size that you would justify investing on in automation like RPA because of the higher maintenance cost, the higher setup cost, and uh, not a lot of industries in the Philippines would be able to uh, adapt to that quickly however the digital acceleration that's something we clearly can do it's, there's a much more easier entry point today compared to five years ago and again going back to the argument that um, with the pandemic and everything it's pretty much uh, a given case that we need to consider it because the hybrid work setup is, gonna, is actually here to stay we're not going back to the old ways of working at least for the most number of industries in the
0: Philippines okay. What is your advice for finance professionals seeking to build their career post-pandemic, particularly in the shared services function.
1: Probably I'll give advice on what uh, I did. Uh, Number one, you have to define clearly what's going to be your niche. Finance is a huge world. You can be focusing on public practice. You can be covering corporate finance. You could be doing forensic work or basically on fintech. You have to define where do you want to play. And once you have identified that space, you have to identify what's going to be your alternate space to work. I kind of created this model in my mind on service delivery that would be my core covered finance and service delivery but I would also want to create another two or third space where I could potentially double that so there's forensic services and there's also risk management basically you have to define a limit to where you would want to be I mean finance people cannot be jack of all trades probably we can do that in the 70s and 80s but it's a big it's too much it's so much a bigger world today and having that Clearly defined the space where you want to work at would allow you to be better, allow you to define your success measures, and allow you to set clear targets of how you want to improve yourself, therefore making it more valuable to the market, your company and to the market as a result.
0: I want to add one last question. This one goes back to where we were, uh, our focus, which is around shared service. What is your advice for senior finance executives, the leaders, the CFOs, and and even maybe even the CEO, as and when they're considering to outsource a shared services organization such as Persona, what should they be thinking of and how should they approach engaging you?
1: I mean, whether or not it's Personib or another company, they have to clearly define what do they want to get out of this engagement that has to be articulated uh, clearly from the beginning. And we need us, as a service provider, we will put that on the uh, milestone chart to ensure that we're getting and meeting your expectation. Because often, some people would outsource because they just want someone to cover accounting. But whatever that means, we do not know. They might have a m- much more uh, different perspective than we do. And having that muddled sense of uh, perspective for both sides is not going to make the relationship work. So they need to clearly define the success measures. When do they want to achieve it in this engagement? On what service quality? And what to be the value adds? And we would put that and document that in a way that both of us can sit down every month or every week to see how far we're going. I mean, it, it may sound transactional to some, but again, we don't have the benefit of being that close to the business. That's a natural limitation of shared services. and Well, not much a shared service, but more so an outsourced a, a uh, setup. A shared service would still have that kind of a small insight in the business. We don't have that. We want to ensure that we have the right talent and the, the right solution and stream process to match these expectations.
0: Elmer, thank you for joining us on Podchats for Future CFO. Thank you, Alan. Always a pleasure talking to you. That was Mr. Elmer Sarmiento, Director of Finance and Accounting Operations for Personib on the topic of excelling in finance shared services. You are listening in the Podchats for Future CFO. As always, if you have a topic you'd like us to cover on this channel, simply email us at editors at society.com. We'd also like to invite you to sign up for our free weekly newsletter so you won't miss an episode of Podcasts for Future CFO. In the meantime, stay safe, have a great day, and see you on the next episode of Podcasts for Future CFO. Bye for now.